Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Navigation system. Please say a command. On. Ignition. Powered. Seatbelts. Fastened. Shift. Drive. Twin City sports fans, hold on tight. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, this is the Ride with Royce. He's going the distance. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen and sports fans. It's Tom Chorsky sitting in for Patrick Royce on the ride with Royce, joined by Manny and Chris Reavers. And you guys are going to be here to, the boss says you'll help me along the way. But, we will uh, hold your hand willingly, Tom. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. This is, uh, this is a thrill. Last time I was here was just before Thanksgiving. Yeah. And now we're, uh, now we're approaching the, uh, the, the Christmas holidays. And so I feel like I'm kind of the holiday yeah. time guy. It's amazing when, uh, when the holidays kind of roll around because this building it becomes a little vacant. As the mayor likes to say, we're, <laughs> we're short on personnel throughout the entire building around this time of the year. But, we were talking. It, it, it's not that bad. It's kind of nice, right? You, I love it. You park right up yes, front, and I love uh, it. Yep. you don't you don't bump into people it's much in the hallways. Easier to find and a parking just, spot. It's out just back when, if uh, you don't mind, you know, if you don't like people, it's great. You can you get to you got the run of the office and run of the show, and it's all good. Absolutely, it's all good. While as Joe was parting ways, as he always does, rather abruptly, we we uh, we heard that uh, we're going to talk to Jim Johansson about USA hockey and and with the World Junior tournament coming up and there's going to be a uh, an interesting and and hopefully exciting and and good game outside in in Buffalo and uh before that we thought we'd maybe touch on on that go for football and that college early signing date yesterday how, what 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 was your guys take on that or how do you f- we got into it a little bit yesterday it's it's just tough to gauge because it's a number so you're seeing where they rank amongst other teams but you know there aren't any instant um uh Results as as it relates yeah. to it. I, I know that there's a reason to be excited because they you got to wait a couple of years for it to play out. Yeah, they finished higher than than they have been in, in recent years, so I guess there is a reason to be excited in that part. But I just think that the the interest in Gopher football as a whole is so low right now that I think a lot of people are just in wait and see approach when it comes to the comes to the program. Okay, uh, what about this? What about the fact that uh, most or all remained loyal? There was no. There was no I think that's uh, impressive. departures or no one said, ah, I changed my mind. Yeah, and I think that that's also important because I do I do too. a lot of players that are skilled have gone to other other places and left the state of Minnesota. And I think that's important to close to close the borders. You're not always going to be able to keep everybody that's Division One worthy, but that is an important facet when gotta you're trying to build a program. Can. And we got a couple to, to come in, it sounds like. Yeah. So I, I'm all for players it. Because that's... 
from my from my limited amount of of homework and and following over the past you know five or ten years, it's easy to see that we lack being able to draw in the skilled position mm-hmm. players from those yeah. states that produce right. skilled players. Right. And, and I think as far as like keeping like the homegrown kids in town, I mean. There are some kids that are going to be so good that you're not going right. to you're not going to beat out Ohio State, Alabama, Nebraska, you know, insert or, yeah, real, right. well, really insert any SEC right. school. You're not going to prevent like the to use PJ Flex language elite level players. You're not it's it's going to be harder to prevent them from going to some of those bigger powerhouse schools right, for sure. But when I think it's really important to keep a lot of these kids in state that would otherwise go to Wisconsin or Iowa or Illinois or, you know, Iowa State, you know, just some of these local surrounding yes. surrounding schools that you should be able to compete with on a recruiting, you know, in terms of recruiting, as long as you can keep those kids in, I think that's important. And I think just doing that represents to the to the fan base and, and to the community that that the program is winning or the program is improving or growing and yeah. and and becoming a little more relevant and certainly this uh athletes village is going to be oh, i think a huge huge recruiting tool it's i've i've been able to be around it and i've seen some renderings of it and uh it's it's world class and obviously it's going to be state of the art and I think that has some effect. Too. I don't know if you guys were able to catch uh, former Gopher head coach Jerry Kill was on I did. with I uh, Judd morning, yeah. and uh, Doogie earlier today and um it was quite interesting, uh, to say the least. And I know Jerry isn't uh, terribly happy with the way things ended here at the University of Minnesota. Right. He was a little bit disappointed with the way that they decided to handle Tracy Clay. So I get a lot of what Coach Kill was saying, but the uh, there were two things that really stood out to me in that. And number one, you just mentioned it. He talked about how, well, yeah, with that brand-new Athletes Village, it's pretty right. easy to get the number <laughs> yeah. fifth-ranked recruiting class in the Big Ten and 26 nationally. But another thing I found very interesting, and I want to know if you guys find this interesting too, when Jerry Kill is talking about you know Ohio State, he'll say uh, uh, or Michigan or whatever, he'll say you know Coach Harbaugh, uh, he'll say Coach whatever. When he referred to the Gophers, he said PJ. I find that terribly interesting. Leaving mm-hmm. leaving off the coach, yes, moniker. Didn't say Coach Flecht, referred to him as PJ, which I find really really interesting. Well, they're definitely not probably cut from the same mold. Oh, right? heavens uh, no! They're uh, heavens two no. different PJ, types. And PJ coached with Jerry Kill at Northern Illinois. I think yeah, PJ he was, was like the, yeah. he was like the receivers coach. Or okay, something like well, that. you can see there was probably um, just two different people and yes, operating very different, different ways. Personalities. And probably questioned, uh, you know, motives and and stuff. But you know, as far as that goes, I'm. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not jumping in the boat and grabbing an oar totally, but uh, I do think he's doing a good job of. of it sounds seems like getting good football players. Yeah. Um, I like that he is uh, kind of open with his philosophy. Uh, there was a there was a sound bite on um, on them getting athletes, not just football players, multi sport athletes, yeah. which we've been hearing in the hockey community is the way to go, and and uh, the the USA Hockey. Um, offices have always been putting out this marketing that that's the way to go to get these players when they're young to play lots of sports. And I agree. And he mentioned that yesterday as being very important. And so uh, I did want to make that, that comment, but the, he's got some, to me anyway, he's got some excitement around it. He's got some good players coming in. He's got a, a, a multi-million dollar uh, facility that's going to help. So I think the program, as you said, right now, the interest is low, but uh 
I, I'm optimistic. That can change a lot. If you start if you start winning, if they come out next year and win, find a way to win. Find a way nine, to win. Eight or nine games. Find a way to win. You can start. You'll start seeing people start to come back, and then when you start seeing that consistently, then people will really will really start yeah. to buy in. Yeah. But on the surface, right now, you know, five and seven, and it's it's going to be hard to sell that to the fans. Now, you can go into any eighteen year old kid's living room. And sell him everything, and he might buy in. But it's just a matter of, you know, if you want people to have people on the outside to have the interest, and you want the season ticket sales to go up. Yeah. I mean, you've got to you've got to deliver. That's just that's yeah, just kind of the way it is in this. But town. don't you guys think that the Gopher football program will always have a ceiling? I mean, you're never going to be Ohio State. You're never no, going right. to be Michigan. You're it, it, you could be Iowa to a certain extent, I guess. Or and you could be Wisconsin. I don't know that they can though. I mean, Wisconsin's a perennial Rose Bowl favorite. They they are now, but before 1990, before Barry Alvarez got there, they were they were just like they were no better than the Gophers. I mean, they 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 yeah. weren't they they Barry Alvarez built them from. I mean, they were they were nothing. But I mean, from a fan interest standpoint too, because they're always going to have the Vikings to compete sure. with, and I guess the Badgers have the Packers. Well, whatever, but. My my point is, there's so many other things that the ticket buyer can spend their dollar on in this market than you can in Madison or that you can in Iowa City, that you just are never going to get to that to, to that echelon. You yeah, but their are. their game day experience is good, and I think we're a community that likes college sports, and and I think with with if if they can get more wins, that that Bank Stadium on campus and that facility is going to draw in better players, and I, I think I think it's all good. But, I mean, like for this year in particular, you didn't even sell out the Nebraska game. And I know a lot of it had to do with the fact that Nebraska was down, but that's a that's pretty bad. I think they can get there. I don't think it's impossible for them to get there. It's just the hill to climb is really, really steep. I mean, just the hill to climb just to match yeah. Wisconsin right now yeah. is really, really it's steep. And to they're going to have, they're gonna have to really put together some really nice seasons consistently to get there. Well, that's true. Well, we'll uh, we'll hold our breath and, and see what happens in the upcoming scenes. This is uh, Chorsky, not Roycey. So sitting in for Patrick on the ride with Roycey, Tom Chorsky. Well, we're trying to get a hold of Jim Johansson, the uh, executive from USA Hockey. But uh, So well, let me ask you a question about yeah. that, because I know that this is a really big deal. For you, for you, puckheads, that this is this is a really fun time of the year. It's a, it's it's just a cool event to be a part of. But me being kind of a casual hockey guy myself, I mean, I, I understand its importance. But but explain the significance of this tournament. Well, it's a it's a world class event of basically the Olympic uh, countries, and it's their players that are under twenty. And so, as a as a young player uh, in all of these countries, be it uh, USA, Canada, Sweden. Russia, Finland, Czechoslovakia. Uh, it's it's a huge honor to to make the team. Because I have a good friend, and this is no joke. He takes time off of work to watch this. That's how big of a hockey fan he is. Yeah, and I think it's and and maybe it's because that now while well, we're going back to amateurs and non NHLers in the Olympics, but it was kind of the the last bastion of the best amateurs in the world uh, because because pros are now playing in the Olympics, right? So you're seeing the future stars of of the uh, NHL and and it's just it's a it's a amateur, it's an Olympic amateur, I guess uh, setting and feeling. And so um they've they've done a nice job also of 
building it up, and and there's always the U.S. Canada rivalry game that they, sure. that is usually on the 26th, right after Christmas. Uh, there's a New Year's Eve game that's a big game, and in Canada, it's even it's probably even a bigger deal than in the U.S. For sure, it is. It's it's more of a national, uh, t- you know. I think following to to follow their team, and if they don't if they don't medal, which they typically do, but even if they they miss the gold medal, uh, it's a failure. So having wow. played in Canada when I was in the NHL during the time when the tournament was going on, you really saw how much pressure they put on these. Did young you men. play in almost, this? I did. You did. I did. Well, I, what was that kind of experience like? Well, it was as I sort of alluded to. It's an honor to be to be chosen. You're you're obviously considered one of the the best players under twenty in in your country, and you get to go off and play against players from around the world that are also the best from their countries, and uh, it's just a real honor. Apparently we've we've tracked down Jim Johansson, uh, the longtime executive from USA Hockey and the general manager for these teams. And uh, do I have you here, Jim? You got me here. Sorry about that. No, that's okay. That's okay. We've been just bantering a little bit about the World Junior Tournament, and and this year because it's uh, it's in Buffalo and it's going to be outside that one big game right against Canada. Uh, I was interested in getting an update from you, and I know that. Uh, you recently kind of got down to a little. You, you made a couple cuts, and you're down to a little bit lower roster count. But could you give us a little uh, update on the World Junior Under Twenty team? Yeah, it's uh, we've had a, we've had a great camp so far. We had 28 players to start, and we're we're at 26. I think um, fortunate or unfortunate, our game last night we ended up. Uh, you waxed them, up. right? Yeah, we won 14 to nothing, and it. It just doesn't end up a very good evaluation game for us, and um, we need a, we with that we needed to kind of extend our timeline here on naming the final roster until after our game with Sweden tomorrow night. So um, again, it'll be a good preparation. Uh, looking forward to it. We just felt like we needed one more game to really make the right decisions. Well, that's to get down. that's fair to the players, and uh, that's that's good of you guys to do that, I guess. Um, why did you went back with the same staff, which uh, I'm fine with because I know I know Brownie and and uh, I'm a, I'm a fan of of the coaching staff. But typically, you kind of rotate player coaches through. Why why the same staff with uh, with the team this year? Well, I, I think really for me, two reasons. I think obviously success and winning the gold medal and and just how it came about uh, led to a natural reaction of you know maybe these guys might want to come back. And I I think secondly, it's, it really starts with Bob Moscow and. I think he's just in a he's both he's in a real good place where he sits in in this tournament and working with these players and and everything that goes into it for a coach and, and obviously St. Cloud State very supportive of, of Bob in that role and um, it just again when he did it the first time I just thought he was the right fit for what the group of players was and the more we examined where we thought the player pool was going to go here it made a lot of sense to go back to him and and for me it was a it was a, a quick conversation, but it was one where he knew that he, if he was doing it, he had to be back to the all-in as he was the first time around. And, and uh, I'm not saying there hesitation. They just need a little bit of time for all of us to measure what that did for him, his family, St. Cloud State. And, and once that decision was made, he's been all-in ever since. Yeah, again, we're talking with Jim Johansson, the general manager for 
Team USA coming up in the World Junior uh, Tournament, the Under-20 Tournament, and uh, he was just referring to Bob Motzkow, the coach at St. Cloud State, who's doing such a good job up there. The other assistant coaches are Greg Brown, who's uh, a player that I roomed with the year I tried out for the Olympic team, and Jim, you were on that team as well, so I know Greg Brown. And then the other coach is Grant Patoni, a name that uh, we know around here. Uh, let's talk about the Minnesota players, because I know I think there's four of the eight defensemen remaining are from Minnesota, and uh, a handful of that, I guess that makes about six forwards from Minnesota. Can you can you give us a little sprinkling of the Minnesota flavor on this team? Yeah, it, I mean, uh, it, it, this, this team goes in such cycles, but Minnesota's right. always been pretty strong in this, and, and obviously a great year for Minnesota players, but I think the neat part of it is there's a lot of both varied backgrounds in, in how all these guys ended up here. So, um, you know, on, from a... From an experience standpoint on defense, Ryan Lindgren obviously was on the team last year. A lot of international experience for us, and a guy that brings some leadership and 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 knows what this tournament's about. Um, I think then you, you go to Duluth and you got you know Sandberg and Perunovic, uh, two freshmen that have that have really and three freshmen, excuse me, Mikey Anderson, three freshmen that have really gone in and and transformed you know the turnover of Duluth's defense, so to speak, with with three really good players that that. Um, can play a wide variety of roles here. So again, I think they're going to make it. Both, number one, they're going to make it hard on us to get down to the, the seven defensemen. But but secondly, they bring a real nice chemistry and mix to each other um, on a, putting a defense core together. Yeah, and, um, and so some of the other players, Ryan Paling, who's who's from uh, St. Cloud, Casey Middlestat, that uh, folks know around here pretty well as a Gopher. Um, talk about. Joey Anderson, I, I I don't know much about him, but I know he was named the captain, and he's coming back yeah. from your gold medal team last year. How come he got named captain? Well, you, you know what, he's a, he's a coach's dream, but I say that out of complete respect for Joey. He does everything right, from both preparation on and off the ice to a team player and a, and a great teammate. And uh, I, I think for us, we we know we made the right choice when we started to release a few players and. And how Joey's embraced that process with us to make sure that these guys all know they're they're part of our program, they're part of why this team will have success. And um, he's a highly respected player, plays the game the right way, and and is a player that will accept any role on a team. And so for us, it was a again, it was a guy that made a lot of sense. Um, I think the second part of it in, the, in this day and age, he's he's a personable kid that does a pretty good job with the media, and we need him to take on a little bit of that for us during the tournament. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to the tournament. One last question: There's some, there's out. I've heard people comment that you know, outside game, yeah, it's going to be kind of cool, but it's such an important game, and 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 I don't know that I feel that way. That um, it's so important that it shouldn't be played outside. What's 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 your take on it? I I think two things. I think that this tournament's about celebrating the players and showcasing the players and the game, and I think we have the opportunity to to do both. I think. Uh, I've been fortunate to be around for a while, and there's been so many great U.S.-Canada games over the last really about seven to, to ten years. Right. And I, I swear every time we leave the rink, I go, how's that going to get any better? And it does. And so I, I think it's neat for us to be able to do something that we've never done at the World Juniors, to do it with our rival Canada, and to showcase you know those 40-plus players on the on the ice that night for not only our sport, but the, for, for the World Juniors and, and hockey fans. And so I think it's just a... It's the next step. It's the evolution of the World Juniors, and it's going to be one more page in the U.S.-Canada history. 
Well, I'm looking forward to it, certainly, and I think all hockey fans around uh, the country are as well. We'll be supporting uh, the U.S. squad and those boys when they get out there. That big game, Friday, December 29th, outside in in Buffalo. Uh, Good luck to you, Jimmy. Good to talk to you. Thanks for calling in. Okay, George. Thanks very much. When we come back... On the ride with Royce, well, uh, I think I want to take a little look at uh, the Vikings-Packers game and talk about retaliation. Tom Chorsky back with the ride with Royce. We got Johnny Height with the sports update. Thank you, Tom. This update sponsored by Account Temps. Do you need accounting and finance professionals for long-term or recurring projects? If so, Account Temps salaried professional service may be the right solution. Visit AccountTemps.com. Account Temps, a Robert Half company. Uh, Minnesota Gophers men's basketball team has had a bit of a layoff, but they'll be back at it again tonight. They are home to face Oral Roberts University. The Wild off until tomorrow when they're at Florida. Today they did practice in Florida, and uh, goalie Devin Dubnik took part in practice, although he's not ready to come back yet to play. Dubnik injured in the first period of last Tuesday's home game against the Calgary Flames. Unlikely to play in the team's two games this weekend before Christmas, but today Coach Bruce Boudreau said... He thinks Dubnik is ahead of schedule as far as his healing goes. Tommy, when are we going to see Parisi? Do you know? I don't know exactly. He's he's a lot closer than he was, you know, two weeks ago. He's skating, and and I think they have a progressive plan. But uh, I, I I would guess in the next two weeks because there's cause for panic, isn't there? A little bit by their play. <laughs> Well, it's up and down. They they bounced back. They put up six goals the other night in Ottawa against a, a team maybe they should have, but Ottawa had won two in a row. So um, that was a good sign. Uh, I think I was just thinking it'd be interesting if when he comes, if Dubnik and Parisi both come back maybe around the same time, that mm-hmm. might be a kind of a shot in the eye. Give him a little jolt? Yeah. Okay. Former Gophers standout Megan Bozak and another 2014 Olympic silver medalist, Alex Carpenter, will be cut from the U.S. Olympic women's hockey team, according to a published report. Grand Forks Herald citing sources reported the U.S. team, coached by Minnesotan Rob Stauber, has reached its 23-player limit. An official announcement set for January 1st in Buffalo. The men's Olympic roster also will be announced at that time. The Olympic Games, of course, are in Pyeongchang, South Korea in February. Minnesota United said today that John Pascarella, former goalkeeping coach at Sporting Kansas City, will take on the role with the Loons for the 2018 season. Pascarella spent eight seasons with the Sporting Kansas City before being named last January's head coach of the Des Moines Menace. Love that name. In the Premier Development League. What's their mascot? I wonder. Picture of Kenny. Or Dennis the Menace. That could be their mascot. Probably be some copyright issues. Should Should be in marketing. <laughs> Over the last two years, Pat Shermer has taken the Vikings offense from the bottom third of the NFL to the top 10 and done so despite losing the team's starting quarterback and star running back. His success has brought along some buzz about his possible return to head coaching. He was named in an ESPN poll as one of the most likely coordinators to land a head coaching job next season. A longtime offensive coordinator, Shermer. Probably in Green Bay, right? That's very funny. A longtime offensive <laughs> coordinator, Shermer has only received one shot at being a head coach. He won nine games over two seasons in 2011 and 2012 with the Cleveland Browns. Well, today he addressed reports he could end up in one of the upcoming job openings by saying, Fortunately, I've had that opportunity in the past and learned a lot from it, but you just stay in the moment. What we've done here is to win the division. It's very hard to do, and we want to take this thing as far as we can, and that is certainly now my focus. Uh, sort of sports-related story, Papa John's founder, John Schnatter, <laughs> will stop down, uh, step down as CEO next oh. month. 
Twitter's having a little fun with Papa John. Yeah. Is it a sex thing? No. Uh, they're saying it's just because it's time, because uh, things aren't going well for the company. So it is a sex thing. Well, we don't know, because he's uh, he's had a rough couple months. Remember, two months ago, he publicly criticized NFL leadership over the National Anthem protest, comments for which the company later apologized. Uh, Schnatter will be replaced as chief executive by chief uh, op- Are you alleging that the NFL is so powerful that they can push him out? Come yeah. on. Yes. <laughs> that is a conspiracy theory. Uh, well, I think probably the fact that their stock has fallen 30% is probably what pushed him out. They'll because probably try and get Peyton Manning to replace him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'll try and get Peyton to replace him, probably. <laughs> Schnatter will be replaced as chief executive by chief operating officer Steve Ritchie on January 1st. Uh, he Now, he appears in the chain's commercials, of course. You've seen him with. As Manny said, Peyton Manning. Yeah. And on the pizza boxes. I didn't know that. He's also the company's biggest shareholder. He'll still remain chairman of the board. Earlier this year, he blamed uh, slowing sales growth at Papa John's. Wait a minute. Papa Peyton's huh? Pizza. Yeah. That's Wait a minute. Yeah. I just connected a few dots here. Uh-oh. What do you got? Do you know what Papa John's chief principal connection is in sports? Louisville. No one's else making the connection here like me? Explain it. Go go. Deeper. Well, they just got I'm rid way of... way too drunk to figure out what you're talking about. <laughs> they just gassed Richard, or Rick Pitino yeah. because of yeah. the, the scandal involving... Right. I, I uh, wonder if that has something to do with it. Hmm. Huh? Anyway. Well, he, he... Okay. Right. He is... Might be some legs to that. He is the, the, the sponsor the, yes. the, of the home, the, the football stadium. He's very... Tied in. I'm not suggesting anything. I'm just think it's an odd coincidence. Follow the money, right? Yeah, let's yeah, follow the money. Huh? <laughs> sorry, sorry, Johnny. You can... That's all right. Earlier this year, Schnatter blamed slowing sales growth on the uh, outcry surrounding players kneeling before the national anthem. Uh, Papa John's did apologize two weeks later after white supremacists praised those comments. The Louisville, Kentucky-based <laughs> company distanced, oh God. distanced itself from the group, saying they didn't want the white supremacists. To buy their pizza. That's a good stance, whoever uh, came up with that one. Do not buy my pizza, (laughs) please. Uh, Richie declined to say today if the NFL comments played a role in Schneider stepping down, only saying it's the right time to make the change. Uh, Here might be the reason. Shares of Papa John's are down 13% since the day before the NFL comments were made, and uh, the company's stock is down 30% since the beginning of 2017. How'd you like to be placed in the position where you have to step down from your own company just yeah. for its own survival? Yeah. yeah. You know what his stake in the company is as of today? $84 million stock, wow. his stock stake in wow. the company. So he'll, he'll do okay, I think. I hope so. I hope yeah. he finds that car he's looking for. He found it, I thought. Yeah. It's Camaro, right? Wasn't it a Camaro? I don't know. Okay. All right. Yeah, he bought it from uh, Ricky Bobby's dad, didn't he? No. The oh Panther my God. in the back seat. Was sweet. If you're not first, you're last. <laughs> One more, Johnny. One more. Yeah. NFL is telling its officials to no longer employ paper as a tool during the process of measuring a first down. Days after referee Gene Steratori <laughs> stirred controversy by using an index card during the Cowboys win over the Raiders. Remember, he placed the card between the tip of the football and the end of the first down marker before signaling the Cowboys had converted a key fourth down on the game-winning drive. Raiders coach Jack Del Rio was among those angered by the unusual move, and NFL senior vice president Al Riveron said today he already has advised over, uh, officials, referees, not to use a card again. I think Gene's territory will just use like a Sharpie or oh, something. Oh, yeah, he'll come up with a new object. He'll figure something out. Thanks, Johnny. You bet. When we come back, we'll discuss this rivalry between the Vikings and the Green Bay Packers.
This is the ride with Royce Tom Chorsky sitting in for Patrick. And I've been thinking about this upcoming Vikings Packers game a little bit. It's it's. Now you're from here. You're a big football fan, right? I'm a football fan. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, and I'm a fi- I'm a fan of rivalries and border battles. And uh, this this game, it, in some ways, it's lacking a little bit of uh, juice because of it's Rogers not that injury. meaningful. Yeah. Rogers injury, and now he's 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 out. And uh, as are some other players. I think Clay Matthews is out. And I don't know if these guys are pulling the shoot. I think Devontae Adams is out. Devontae yeah, Adams yeah, is out yeah. for them, and uh, and and the game is not. Uh, there's not a ton on the line, except uh, maybe some pride. But uh, certainly, there's been some talk about retaliation, and and it got me thinking that I played in a lot of hockey games, and there's there's always hockey games uh, every year where a player was injured in the previous meeting, and then it's kind of built up, and it's kind of interesting uh, with all the speculation. Is is something going to happen? And uh, have you guys dug into this at all or talked about it or thought it's, about it? It's been brought up very casually, but I do think that it only takes one player. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't think that there's going to be a calculated maneuver to either go after Anthony Barr, who caused the hit right. to knock Rodgers out for the season or most of the season, or Case Keenum, the quarterback for the Vikings. But it just takes one guy to go rogue right. for that to happen. You know, right. almost like a wink-wink situation. But... I really have a hard time believing that either McCarthy or the Packers have that. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. think that they're that kind of team. I really don't. I I, I would agree, and I think uh, sometimes the hype is much more than uh, what the players are thinking, mm-hmm. and uh, they, you know they're getting asked about it in the locker room, and and should the, and the fans probably a certain element of fans like to see retribution. Well, <laughs> and, the, and the other thing about it is the referees are going to be looking for it, right? You know, because this has been well documented, and and I I I think that that probably plays into it that if nothing will happen, just because they'll be looking for it throughout the game. Yeah, and 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 in the hockey world, there's been plenty of times where um, nothing happens as well. Sure, um, and gone are the days where each team would call up a player from the minors that was their absolute you know lunkhead enforcer fighter guy and and the other team already had theirs or he would call him up too and it was this you know this is going back to i don't know when the peak of staged fighting was but uh that's then it's and then it kind of didn't make sense because you had two guys fighting that weren't maybe even involved in the initial incident yeah and 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 that becomes you know I think important too for for any in any league and in any sport um if it's not you know if it's not the two guys duking it out themselves because of uh, uh, disparity taking place. It, it doesn't make sense sometimes for you know someone else to step in. And Were you it. ever part of one of those where either a coach or a teammate or something says, you know, we need to take down number whoever? I mean, was that ever? Because uh, I, mean, I don't even know how that, how does that work? Or is it is it intuitive in that you know I, that you need to get the back of your guy on your team because of this, of, of what happened previously? It typically was more implied, like I said, if... Uh, you know, if the coach put the toughest guy out there against facing off, you could you can kind of a coach can kind of um, tee it up, if you will, during a game and and figure out, especially if you're the home team and you get the last change, the other team sends their sure. guy out there, and maybe you were going to put your first line out there, but you see where your second line, and you see that uh, the player that maybe hurt your player the last time is out there, and you tap the tough guy, hey, take right wing. 
and then it's it's pretty clear. It's yeah. pretty clear what the uh, what the implication is there, sure. and 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 then you kind of you know you you sit down and you you, you relax and you get to sit back and watch uh, watch this unfold. <laughs> well, and that's why. I mean, hockey and, and football are very similar in a lot of ways because being f- so physical by nature. But it's it's interesting in how you watch situations like that develop. You know, for for football because it's so it's 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 burst, it's so aggressive and it's instantaneous. Where things like that almost it's it's tough to choreograph something like that. Whereas yeah. in hockey, you could say sixteen, get after him or whatever, right. because you can follow him essentially on your skates. Right, you know? and you and and in hockey you drop your gloves, and, yep. and and it's a different culture, a different environment than football is. In football, you see they might grab each other by the face mask a little bit, and but then it's instantly pull, broken, and up it's broken up by referees. Yeah. Or there's just enough other guys on the field that aren't going to get in the fight or don't feel the same passion, and they break it up. Right. Yeah. Whereas in hockey, it, it, there's fewer players, and they all probably hate each other, and, and so they let it go on. Or even sometimes the refs let it go on. And the other but. thing, too, with this game against the Packers on Saturday, I know I, I actually, uh, Dennis Anderson does the the Great Outdoor Show here Wednesday night. He sure. and his son were over here. They're both giant Packer fans. Well, Dennis and I had a bet that we came up with a couple of weeks ago that you know he was going to take the Packers and I was going to take the Vikings, and I walked by him last night as I was heading out. And I said, "You still want? Are we still on? I'll, I'll let you out of the bet, just right. because it, it, you know. Come on, it's right." And he says, "Absolutely not. In fact, I might go double down." And it's, I'm like, "I'm not going to do that to you." Like, <laughs> but but because he got the sense that this is this could be a trap game for the Vikings, and I've heard that before. But I just I don't think a Zimmer led team has that in them, given that this is such a big rivalry game, and the fact that the Packers are so undermanned and the Vikings defense is so strong. I just can't picture Brett Hundley leading that team to victory over the Vikings tomorrow, or excuse me, Saturday. No, it's Saturday night tilt. Um, I I also think that that won't, you know, the the Zimmerman game plan, because of where this team is at and how they're rolling and how it's going, will be more focused on on keeping things going well. Yes. Uh, there, I'm sure if I if I if I have any experience in in sitting in a locker room with a professional coach in a situation like this, the message will be, hey, we've got too good of a thing going. Let's execute our game plan. Let's stay consistent with what we've been doing. Let's not you know get caught up in anything stupid because sometimes they'll you even think that that's when you're going to get hurt. Well, you saw it Sunday. I mean, when this team, especially a, a bad, when they're paired up against a bad team and a bad offense. They smell blood and they go for the throat. Yeah. You know, you saw that with the Bengals on Sunday. And I know the Bengals were lifeless when they walked onto the field. And the, the Packers being at home will have a little bit more energy. But I just I just can't see it. This defense is way too good to let that happen. And at this stage in the season, as as you just pointed out, you get the so, checked out factor. Well, oh, no, yeah. no, the that they smell blood or yeah. they they, yep. they they want to step on throats and, and that's what that's the mentality and the mindset you want this team to have. You want them to go out and execute and perform the way they've been performing and kick the crap out of the Packers. Yeah, exactly. Well, great. We're going to take another break. Tom Chorsky sitting for Patrick Royce on The Ride with Royce. Tom Chorsky in for Patrick Royce. This is The Ride with Royce, and uh, we're going to talk a little wild hockey. The Wild are on a road trip. Uh, They've been on a road trip since, let's see, they played Tuesday in Ottawa. And then they were to get on a flight 
head to Florida right after the game, and the plane was broken. Oh, no. The plane could not take off, and uh, it was about 1 in the morning, apparently, and they needed to track down a a replacement plane, and apparently that's not the easiest thing to do, and, and get it to Ottawa, and then transfer all the cargo and equipment and players and and they didn't get down to Florida until about seven in the morning. So, so that was they, did they spend the night on the plane? Yeah, or at, well, the, yeah. at the airport? Yeah, or? At the airport. Oof. Kinda I don't know if they went in or, or stayed. Probably on the plane is pretty nice, a charter flight and I suppose, food yeah. and food and drinks and, and whatnot. But uh they're down there in Florida and it's the father, son or player, mentor, whatever you want to call it, trip. And uh, I was just looking uh, at the website, and I saw Terry Cullen and Matt Cullen. They've done this a few times, as he's 41 years old now. Longtime coach, right, at Moorhead? Longtime yeah. coach at Moorhead. Oh, just a fantastic person. I've had the the pleasure of going up and playing in Cully's Kids. He's got a, a foundation up there, and sure. he's done a lot of good things with the uh, with the hospitals up there and, and in the community and, and raising money and, and distributing it around and um, actually the last time I was there, Eric Stahl had come up, uh, to, to be part of it because they played together in Carolina. Okay, sure. Yeah. And so they won a Stanley cup together. One of Matt's three Stanley cups. He had two more in, in, uh, Pittsburgh more recently, but, uh, he won his first Stanley cup in, in Carolina, uh, about a decade ago. And, and so I was looking at this story about the, the fathers being on this road trip and, Terry Cullen and uh, Stahl's father, Henry, I think his name is. Uh, so they did this 10 years ago uh, in Carolina, and, and now here, they are, here again. they are again doing it. And <laughs> wow. uh, it's, you know, the neat thing about that for the parents, and I wish, I, I really wish it would have been something that I could have done with my father because he was such a big fan and he didn't play the game, um, but he obviously enjoyed watching me play and he loved the social side of it. I mean, he just would love to meet people and meet Canadians. He was or, a talker. He was just a talker yeah. and a coffee drinker and, and, a, and a smoker and just wanted to <laughs> hang out and, and, and chat with these other dads. And that's what these dads do. And I think immediately they have the bond of, of this similar experience of, of raising these and what, kids that turn into professional hockey What players. I picture is a couple of years ago when I was still producing Judd's show, he and he and I, along with uh, his former co-host Joe Anderson, had the, had the opportunity to be part of the the North Star night where they do the in the alumni room. And I remember sitting in the crowd, you know, I'm just some dopey radio producer, but I got to be there for that night. And just the stories of all of these old timers and, the, you know, the trips, the road trips and whatnot. And I thought, okay, I could sit around and listen to these guys talk for about a week and a half straight. It was really, really cool. Just the old hockey stories is awesome. Yeah, it's a it's a great community, and and I'm sure these these parents are or these these uh, fathers are enjoying their trip. And then when we come back, we'll maybe take a look at their upcoming games on Friday and Saturday with the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tom Chorsky sitting in for Patrick Royce, the ride with Royce.